0: This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton.
1: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Uncommon Christian Podcast, episode 29. We are continuing our series called Read the Room. And today, I'm really excited for our special guest. He is the man with the plan. He is literally one of the best friends you could ever ask for. His name is Chad. Kirkland. Chad, say hi to the podcast for us.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody?
1: Hey, man. Thanks for coming on.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's
1: an honor to be here. So good to be hanging out with you today. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Chad and I actually, we're hire we're, we're twins, as I call it. We were hired at the same time. Uh, at, at uh, a great church in Indianapolis by the name of Traders Point Christian Church. And uh we actually became really good friends. We, we started working in student ministry together and just really kind of hit it off pretty quickly. Our family hit it off. Our sons hit it off. I, I still have the image of us sliding down at the little county fair and our sons <laughs> crying. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> good times. They're sitting in this little like car ride and my son is just like not having and 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 emerson's just looking at my son like what's wrong with you fool
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i still love it when that picture pops up
1: (laughs) oh great times great times chad i didn't want to give it away because i wanted our podcast to know Why why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself who you are what you do and why you do it
0: yeah so i have the awesome pleasure of Being married to my wife, Lindsay, for almost eight years now. She's incredible. She's awesome. Um, And not only that, but we have three kids together. We have Emerson, who's six, and man, he is, he's great. Uh, Loves everybody, friends with everybody as soon as you meet him. um, And then he has twin siblings. He has Evie May. Yeah, Evie May. She is. Um, a doll she's sweet she's the, the sweetest little snuggle bug that, that you can ever meet and then elliot her brother is the biggest herd that you'll ever meet like mike michael you you don't even understand like he gets in trouble now and oh. when you're fussing at him you're about to put him in timeout and he looks at you folds his hands and says we pray we pray oh gosh I'm sitting here like, yeah, kid. We're gonna pray, but you're still going into timeout. Like it, it doesn't. You gonna matter.
1: pray the hour, whoop that butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and then we have one more on the way. Uh, due dates in the end of April, so um, not sure what that name's going to be yet. But man, we are excited to be a family of six here in a couple months. That's awesome. But yeah, and then I get to be one of the youth pastors at an amazing church called Life Church. And I'm here at our Springfield, Missouri location. And I get to lead uh, teens from sixth through 12th grade. And one of the reasons I love what I get to do is because oftentimes in those teenage years is when um, people start taking ownership of their faith and really starting to make their faith their own. And, you know, God's called me to stand in that gap and say, hey, you are here to help influence this decision. You're here to help point them continually back to Jesus. And and that's what I get to do. And that's one of the things I love to do.
1: Yeah, Chad, that's awesome. Chad has been loving and leading students for, for a long time since, uh, you know, college ministry or college Uh, in Tennessee, and then here in Indianapolis, and now in uh, Missouri at Life Church. And for those of you who don't know which Life Church we're talking about, it's the church that uh, Craig Groeschel is the lead pastor at, an amazing church, does an amazing work, and uh, I just follow along with Chad and just cheer him on. I love being the cheer on and uh, encouraging him. He's just doing some great work uh, there in Missouri. Well, first, Oklahoma, and then Missouri, so... Well, Chad, we're in this series called Read the Room. Have you ever heard of that saying before? Like someone ever said, uh, "Chad, read the room." And can you tell us about a moment where you read the room poorly and what happened?
0: I can. Yes, I've heard it before. Um, usually said to me when I hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of the the uh, times that that like stands out to me was actually when I was serving at one of the Life Church locations in in Oklahoma and uh I walked in in the morning and I, mean, I was off to a good start in the morning. And I walk in, I throw my arms open and I'm ready to yell, Good morning! And like just almost announce that I'm there. And I get good out and I look over and I see one of our pastors sitting with one of our uh, church attenders and she's crying. Oh, and I'm gosh. like, Oh no um and so i put my head down i don't say anything else and i walk straight to my desk and, uh, <laughs> oh, and i'm just like i did not read the room today and gosh. It, it was one of those awkward moments and for the rest of the morning i'm just kind of sitting at my desk just working head down you're <laughs> like i just hope he
1: didn't hear me i just hope he didn't hear me <laughs> oh dude i can't tell you how many times i've had a oh, Michael, you should read the room moment, you know? And I've, I've probably had many of those types. You walk in and you're like, what's up, everybody? And then you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> my husband just died. And you just come in here all excited. And you're like, oh, gosh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. yeah, yeah. It, it, it tends to happen to us just because, you know, we're in one place, you know, and, um, you know, people are in another place. And I talked about this in the previous episode is that the reason why we have a lot of these read the room moments is because we we kind of view the world through what I call self-colored glasses, right? You know, you have rose-colored glasses, those people who are super, super optimistic. But then self-colored glasses are people who view the world through their own, like, benefit. Like, what benefits me? What makes me feel good? I don't care about anybody else.
0: Yeah, and it's so easy to, to look out for, for number one, right? That's a common saying. You always look out for number one. And it's almost because it's natural. Mm. It's one of those things of it, it's, it's natural to be like, Oh, I got to take care of myself. You know? I mean, you think about it, um, when in a desperate situation, say like a car accident, like you feel it coming and you always turn away from where you're at. If you're the yep. driver, because you got oh, wow. to, it, it's, it's just natural. Like you got to take care of yourself. You got to protect yourself. Um, and, you know, you love the people around you and you love the people in the car with you, but you're going to turn and try to protect um, what what protect yourself
1: because it's just right. natural. Right. It's that it's that fight or flight mentality. Right. That natural instinct yeah. that we have. Either we fight our way out of it or we run. So in some instances, we argue, we put down, we judge, we condemn. In other instances, we don't show up, we abandon. We think of ourselves first. Right. That's what happens. And that, I think that's what you kind of see a little bit. You know, everybody wants to paint the 12 disciples, the first 12 disciples of Jesus, as these like the greatest ever, holier than thou, never made a mistake. And it's not that we're speaking bad about them. It's just that they just remind us so much of us. They were so human, right? They made so many mistakes. They had tons of read the room moments in their life. And there's a particular instance that we're going to talk about today in Mark chapter ten, it's, it's like a stereotypical disciple moment. Why don't you tell us what's happening there?
0: Yeah, and so Mark Mark ten um, verses thirty five through through forty five. It's in um, a time when James and John come to Jesus and they they want to ask him a question. Um, and I personally I find this story funny because in one of the other gospel accounts. It, it talks about how their mom comes and asks Jesus this question. And it's like, man, if you're a teen, if you're in your 20s, man, start asking your own questions, <laughs> um, right. right. But uh, yeah, so it, and they say, like, we want to see of honor when we, when we get to your kingdom, when we reach heaven. We want to sit at your right and at your left. And man, Jesus basically shames them. And he's like, you have no idea. Can you bear the cup that I bear? Can you handle what I'm about to take on? And he's specifically talking about his death on the cross and how um, he's not only going to die this horrific death, but he's going to um, take on all the guilt for the sin of everybody in the world. And he's like, you can't handle this. And it goes on to talk about how Jesus came not, to be served, but to serve the guy who could have asked anybody, anything, and we'd have to to do it. He says, no, no, that's not why I came. I came to serve others. And one of the lines I love in this passage comes out of verse 44 through 45. It says, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Notice Mm. he didn't say must be last. He said, no, you must be a slave. Like you don't even get a number. Like, mm-hmm. you have to put yourself so low that like you're not even in line, um, for, and it goes on to say, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as the ransom for many. Like, he's like, man, you, you cannot like try to get in the front of the line because the people in the front of the line, like they think awfully highly of themselves. Mm. And I'm here, I'm here for the people who want to serve. I'm here because you want to be a slave. To the people who want to be first, yeah, and and that that's like where servant leadership starts. Is mm. like you you step into that humility stance, right? Right. You you occupy that God given space. Um, I think you talked about in a couple episodes back. You talked about humility being that God given space, and he he says you occupy that God given space, and then you serve like crazy. And, and that is how you, you get into that kingdom of heaven, how you get into my kingdom.
1: Yeah. You, you become that slave to the many. That's so good. And I, I I think it was you, I quoted on that God given stance quote. Yeah, You might have. Yeah, I might have. (laughs) What I think is so funny, Chad, is like at the beginning of that little moment. Jesus almost, it's like, okay, so like in, in, in verse 35, it says, then John and James, the son of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Okay, so, so they say that. Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask of you. We want you to do it. Okay. And then Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Like, I can just imagine Jesus looking at them like, you know, I already know what you're about to ask me. Are you sure you want to ask me this? Right? like yeah read the room bro like i yeah. can just imagine jesus just looking at them like are you serious you're really about to ask me that like he just says what do you want me to do for you and we just kind of miss that little point we just assume like jesus is like oh yeah what do you want me to do i don't think so i think jesus is like what do you want me to do for you like a parent would like when you go to your parent or when your kids come to you and they say daddy and you know they're about to ask you something that, that you're absolutely going to say no to they know you're going to say no, but they still ask you anyways. Like, I just imagine Jesus just looking at them, like, why are you asking me this? Like, don't you understand anything that I've done has pointed you to something different than trying to be first? And I just wonder, like, you know, why, why do you think we we have this need to make sure we're first? Like, we have to take care of ourselves first. And why is it so hard? For us to just say you know what today and every day i wake up i'm gonna put myself not even last like you said like i'm not even gonna give myself a number
0: yeah i think a lot of that comes back to like first off like i said earlier like it's natural to want to like elevate yourself like you know in society today like we're told like hey go achieve what what that's next thing like what's the next step in your career what's that next step um, and, and raising your kids, like, what's that next thing? Go get it! Go get it! It's just naturally like ingrained in us from the time that we're really young. Um, but then on the other side of that, it's like, why is it so hard to serve? It's like because serving's not natural. Like, why is it so hard to step into that slave mentality, that servant mentality? It's because it's it's like completely opposite of natural. If someone comes to you and says like, oh, like I'm just hardwired to serve. Like you, you ask a question like, how, how are you so good at serving? Oh, I'm just hardwired that way. They're lying. They're lying to their teeth. <laughs> they are not telling the truth uh, because, like you know, serving others is is not a tra- a trait that you possess. Serving others is a value that you develop, and and you and you develop it by by continuing to serve others. It's like you you don't step into it and just be like one day like oh I'm a great servant like I just naturally serve everyone around me. But no, it's like you continue to you make the decision. Hey, I'm going to serve this person. And then the next time it it gets a little easier. I'm going to serve this person. And like, it becomes that value that you develop over time.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a habit that you work at every single day. Like you meet those people and they say, oh, my gosh, you know, like it, I, I love when I meet people who like have served in kids ministry or when I go to like a nonprofit organization and I meet somebody who's been serving, they literally volunteer there. They've been volunteering for 30 years and you ask them like, OK, when you started, was this as much fun as and enjoyable as you say it is now? And they'll say, well, no, you know, it, it took time for it to grow on me to feel good but once I got into the groove and I started to see the the benefit right I started to reap the reward of what my serving was doing for people then it became so much more enjoyable to where now it's just like a natural thing I do and I really do believe that for us you know in this day and age especially after what we came out of in 2020 man if we could just think of ourselves a little bit less these days, just a little bit. I'm not asking for us to give up everything and and go and, and live in the streets and, and sell all our possessions and you know not work or anything like that. But if we could just think of ourselves just in the little daily habits that we do, who do we serve in our homes first, right? And if you're single, who do you serve in your workplaces? Who do you serve when you're at the grocery store? Who do you serve when you're driving and you're running late? and somebody's trying to get through, right? Just to, all those little things for you and me. Who do we serve on our teams? Who do we serve, you know, me as I, I lead these, uh, these, these uh, campus pastors? You know, how do I serve them? Sometimes that means even though I might think my idea is the best, they might have just as good of an idea, right? So I think in all the little things that we do, it's not about this great showing like this great effort, like, look at me. It's the little things and the moments. Um, well, Chad, let's bring it home here. How, what, what are a couple ways that you uh, want to share with our listeners on how we can read the room better by serving people? Yeah,
0: the first thing is like that humility aspect of like when you enter a room, always assume that you have something that you can learn from the other people in the room. Because the, the moment that we start thinking that they have something that they can learn from us, we stop serving and we start seeking to be served. Mm. So step into the room with humility. Uh, the that's next big thing is develop that value of serving. Um, it might be easier for some people. Um, and if that's the case, like find one more opportunity to serve and continue to grow in it. Cause every single one of us can grow. It doesn't matter if, like you've been serving at uh, a local food pantry or you've been serving at church or wherever you serve for years. Like this is a, a value. This is a habit that we can continue to develop more and more um, yeah. through, through life. And then maybe it's difficult for some people, but like find that one person to serve each day. Um, if you're married, pick your spouse, go serve your mm. spouse. If you have kids, how can you serve your kids? That close friend, that family member, how, can you serve those people? Because oftentimes those are the people who who will be a little easier to serve um, because of the the love and the affection you already have for them. Um, And so start there. If it's difficult to to serve, start where it's easy. Start in your home because that's going to be the most important place that you can serve on a daily basis. And to just get started. Um, This is something that that I try to do more and more with, with my own wife, with Lindsay. It's ask the question. How can I serve you today? Mm. And sometimes it's going to blow them away uh, if you just simply say, Hey, how can I serve you today? And chances are they might have a list. Don't, don't, <laughs> like, don't fly <laughs> away from that list. And, and like, if you're going to ask the question, be ready to serve. Like, even if it's doing the dishes and you hate doing the dishes, man, step into it and do those stinking dishes because. Um, what's going to happen on the back end of it when you start serving people is is the love and admiration and the respect that they'll have for you. Um, and so first step into a room with humility, then develop that habit, that value of serving, and then ask the question, how can I serve you today?
1: Man, that that's a... Uh, I love those three. Uh, humility, value development of serving ask the question, how can I serve you today? I think those are super good. And uh, if you're listening today, man, we hope that you will take those to heart and don't feel like you have to accomplish it all today. Just start small, right, Chad? Start small, start small. and uh, you'll go much further and much faster in your faith in 2021. Well, Chad, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Absolutely. It, it,
0: was, it was fun. I'm glad I got to to jump on here with you.
1: Yeah, brother, I appreciate you. And I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast, including on Apple Podcasts, uh, which will help this show reach more people. And that's what it's all about. You guys know what I say. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.